This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Morning, everybody. It's a great day to be in church, right? Did you have fun scraping the frost off your windshield this morning? Yeah, that was a bummer, wasn't it? That was a real bummer when I got up. I was like, whoa, what happened there? Anyway. Welcome to church. It's going to be a great day. This is the 27th of January. Next Sunday is February the 3rd. What does that mean? It means it's Sunday. It means it's a... Is there a... Who's playing in the Super Bowl next Sunday? Yeah, are there any 49er fans here? Are there any wild and crazy Raven fans here? (laughs) Oh, we are going to have so much fun next Sunday for a couple of reasons, all right? First of all, I want to remind you that Sunday evening, instead of having our usual service, we're going to go out and be with our community, and we're going to be with them where they are, and we're going to be salt and light with them. Is that good? It's an awesome thing. Secondly, next Sunday is the 15th anniversary of this church's beginning. Yes, that's even a bigger deal. We're going to have a lot of fun next Sunday at church. We're going to learn some really great things. We're going to kick off a brand new series called Counterculture, and uh, that's going to have some real challenge in it, and it's going to have some real strength and pizzazz to it to help us learn how not to just drift downstream with our culture where it's going, but how to actually, instead of, um, what shall I say, protesting our culture, how to create a different current in our culture. And so that's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to look at the teachings of Jesus, specifically in the Sermon on the Mount, His most famous sermon. So uh, you're going to want to come back for that. We have a special gift for everybody who comes next Sunday. You're not going to want to miss out on that. And we're going to haul out our church's report card. Won't that be fun? Yes, yes. I can tell you, I'm so excited about what God's doing in and through the church to change people's lives And I'm going to tell you that the statistics are just going to be way fun. So you're not going to want to miss that. So that's coming up next Sunday. And uh, today we're going to wrap up the We Fit uh, sermon series. And I want to welcome all of you uh, who have come here for the first time. You're getting in on the very end of a teaching series. But the great news is we're at the end of the teaching series, but we're just at the beginning of the journey. And now we're going to move into the application phase, and I'm going to work on that this morning uh, as I teach you over the next few minutes about how to take what we've learned in the last three weeks and actually get that rubber to meet the road today. And uh, we have a health fair out there that uh, Kevin's going to talk to you about in a minute, but I find it interesting that on a Sunday when we have a health fair, I'm teaching you a sermon called Supersize Me. I'm here to promote McDonald's. No, that's not true, all right? So we're going to take a look at how God can supersize our lives. And uh, so I want to welcome you along on that journey And um, as we jump into that. I want to pick up on the Super Bowl theme. Because can you imagine on press day, if Coach Harbaugh is interviewed, either Coach Harbaugh is interviewed... And they say, hey coach, could you give us a little insight into the game plan that you have for the game? And if he were to look at the press and say, you know, we don't really have a game plan. 
We don't believe in game plans around here. We're just going to go out there and try hard. We think if we try hard enough, we'll win. You think that'd fly? That coach would get fired probably on the spot. I wonder, as, as I thought through that process, I wonder how many of us should be fired from life because we don't have a game plan. That's pretty serious, don't you think? Yeah, I want to talk to you this morning about the process of creating a plan for your life. Sometimes it's, it's described using the word goals. Sometimes plans. Sometimes objectives. But it's all the same principle. And I can assure you that no matter how hard you try in life, if you don't have a plan, that you will never be what you could be if you actually put a plan in place for your life. I want you to think about 2013. How many times are you going to get to live 2013? What do you think? Once. Okay? So I want to encourage all of us to put together a plan for 2013 so that in December, when we look back at this year, we can say, I got the most out of that year of my life because I actually put a plan in place to get the most out of it. I just didn't live it and try harder. I had a plan. I want you to think of a plan as a tool you can put in your tool belt. I have a wood shop out at my house, and I can tell you this for sure, there's nothing like the right tool for the job. And when you don't have the right tool, it is not fun to work on anything. And there's nothing like having the right tool in your tool belt when it comes to living life and getting the most out of it. And right away, I can hear some people saying and thinking, "Uh, Pastor, aren't goals and that sort of thing, aren't they really sort of a secular idea, a worldly idea, maybe even a selfish idea? I mean, isn't that the sort of thing where you go in and you cut out a picture of a Ferrari and you put it up there on your refrigerator so that every time you go and eat something you shouldn't eat, you think about that car you want to have? And if you think about it enough, eventually you'll get it. I'm sorry that somebody painted that picture for you because that's not at all the truth. So I want to encourage you now to open up your program, take out the teaching notes, and we're going to go straight to God's Word, and we're going to find out that setting goals for our life is actually a very godly thing to do. It's what God wants us to do. So here's our very first scripture. Take a look. The Bible says that the Lord's plans... Would you just put a little uh, line out to the margin somewhere from the word plans and write goals? Because that's what it is. The Lord's goals, what He has planned for the world, stand firm forever. His intentions, that's plans put on paper, His intentions can never be shaken. So God has plans for the whole world. Look at this. Jeremiah chapter 29 is the next one. Here's what God says. God says, I know the plans. That's what God has laid out for you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans 
for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Can I tell you there's a direct connection between planning and a future that has hope in it? Now, if God has plans for the whole world, and God has individual plans for me and my life, He brought up the question to me, I wonder if God wants me to have plans. What do you think the answer to that might be? Of course. Take a look. In Proverbs, the Bible says this, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. And so the very first thing that we learn about why God would want us to have plans for our life and to plan out 2013 and beyond when we get to that point is this. And that is that goals multiply our life. So if you take your life and you multiply it by the goal factor, what you get is more life. Bigger life, better life, more satisfying life, more fulfilling life. But if you have life and all you do is multiply it by trying, you're just going to get the same life that you had this last year. Because frankly, if I sat down with each one of you and I interviewed you and I asked you one question, and the question was, did you try last year? What are most of you or virtually all of you going to say to me? Yeah, I tried. I tried hard. And if I said to you, do you think by doing the exact same things that you did last year, you could get different, better, bigger, and more lasting results this year? If you were thinking with your brain, what would your answer be? Of course not. If I do this year what I did last year, what am I going to get? The exact same results. Now we as a church are learning a very important concept. And the concept is we're learning how to reach out and take hold of the life that Christ has for us. Not part of it, not some of it, not even most of it. We're learning how to reach out and take hold of all of the life that Christ has for us. And that means that God wants to take our life, multiply it by the goal factor, and end up giving us more life. I did some research and found out that that oftentimes in your for instance just your work day if you will pause at the beginning of your work day and you will plan out your day people who study these things tell us that every minute you spend in planning will save you a minimum of 10 minutes of work and it can save you as much as an hour of work just 1 minute of planning that's the plan or the goal factor. And that's what God wants to do in your life and mine. He wants to take our life and he wants to, what was the name of this sermon, by the way? Superside. That's right. He wants you to have that kind of life. So that's our first mathematical formula. And I apologize to those of you who hate math, but you can do this kind of math. And that is my life times proper goals gives me more life. Everybody on board with that? Let's go back to that Proverbs chapter 25 passage and and we're going to give, I'm going to give it to you in the expanded version. Here's what it says. Good planning. Up above that, I want you to write goals. Plus hard work. Up above that, I want you to write the word execution. 
Then you can put an equal sign and the word prosperity, it says work lead to prosperity. I want you to put a big plus sign. Because what it means is you're going to get more out of life. And then the other part of the mathematical formula is on the other end. But hasty shortcuts, what is that? No planning, no goals. You just live in life leads to what? Poverty. Behind the, over that, put a minus sign. You're going to put less life. I want to take you to my favorite passage in the New Testament on, on goal setting and planning and how God calls us to it. It's found here in Ephesians. It says, awake, O sleeper. You know what that is? That's your official wake-up call from God. Got it? That's exactly what he says. Awake, O sleeper. You know why God says that? Because he's about ready to lay on us a principle that has the power to change our lives. And he doesn't want us to be sleeping when he lays out the principle. So he says, Awake, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead and Christ will give you what? Light. He's going to teach us something here that puts light in our lives. So be careful how you live. You know what careful how you live means? Put some thought into it. Don't live carelessly. Put some thought into it. It says, don't be like fools. You know what that word fool in the original language means? It means one with an empty head. It means somebody who puts no thought into life. They're just living. They're just living and trying. That's all they're doing. They're not doing any planning. They're not putting any forethought into it. They're just living. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. That's the opposite. These are people who are putting thought into life. He goes on to say, make the most of every opportunity. That sounds like get the most out of every year of your life that you possibly can. How are we going to do that? He lays it out for us. He says, get, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. You know what that is? Not putting any thought into life, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. You know what that is? Understand what God's plans are for you and make plans that take you in that direction. You can't do that without a plan. So, here's what a goal is. Here's your next mathematical formula. A goal is a target plus a plan, plus execution. I want to say right up front, I'm going to describe what each one of those are, but I want to tell you right up front that two out of three of those is not good enough. It takes all three to work together. A target is what you're aiming toward. What, what are we aiming toward? We're aiming toward... Uh, we're aiming toward taking hold of the life that Christ has for us. Our plan are the things that should go into that, and execution is the hard work. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 25, and you'll see, you'll see that all, all of it right in there, okay? When the Bible says good planning and hard work lead to prosper, prosperity, what's the target in that? Ready? What is the target? Say it out loud. Prosperity, okay? Is there a plan there? Of course, it says good planning. Where's the execution? It's in the hard work. 
Good planning, that's the plan, plus hard work, that's execution, allows us to reach the target. It's, it's in the Bible over and over and over again because it's a basic rhythm that God wants you and me to build into our lives. Not because we're crazy type A people who want to schedule everything out and aren't comfortable unless we're driving something. It's not that. It's God's desire for you, whether you're a type A person or like me, a type B person. Pretty laid back. It's God's desire for us that we would have a plan when we become married. A plan for our marriage. That we would have a plan when He enables us to become parents so that we could raise our children according to a plan. That we would have a plan when it comes to the development of our spiritual growth. So that we're not just going through life trying hard and sort of doing what everybody else is doing, but we actually have a plan. Because when we have a plan, it multiplies our life. And when that plan includes a target, an actual plan or a method, and proper execution, we end up achieving what God wants us to achieve taking hold of the life that he has for us. Now I'm going to illustrate that in a couple of ways um, because this is not, um, when you're going to lay out a plan, this is not a 30-second operation, okay? If you're going to lay out a plan, let's take uh, this for an example. Suppose that in 2013, the, the, the goal is I want a deeper connection with God. That'd be a pretty good plan, don't you think? I want a deeper connection with God. What a great target. Well, what what would go into my plan in order that at the end of the year I would have a deeper connection with God? Well, I'm going to give you three basic things that I certainly would put in my plan if I wanted to end at the end of the year with a deeper connection with God. And the first would include what I do on Sundays every Sunday. Because... The the reason that God put together the church was to give us a setting in which we could all get a deeper connection with Him. Well, that was God is not in the habit of laying out bad ideas. Those are good ideas. But here's what that means for you and me. That doesn't mean that, okay, I'm going to make new life my church and I'll get there whenever I can. That's no plan. The plan is, I'm going to make new life my church And I'm going to get there, unless I'm physically out of town on vacation, I'm going to get there every single Sunday. But there's more to that plan than that. I'm not only going to get there every single Sunday, my goal is a deeper connection with God. I'm not going to come and sort of snooze through worship. I'm not going to come and get here and hang out in the lobby while worship is going on. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to get my heart ready because my goal for this year is I want to have a deeper and fuller connection with God and I realize that taking part in worship is part of that plan. And when the pastor gets up to speak, I'm not just going to sort of daydream and whenever the, the screen comes on and they tell me the right answer to put in the blank, I'll, I'll put, in the, I'll put it, my answer in the blank and that way I feel like I've done my job at church. 
But I'm going to come and I'm going to listen to what the pastor has to say. And then every week when it comes to that application part of the sermon, I'm going to go out of here and I'm going to work at that every single week because I believe that if I fully participate every week in what God's doing in our church, I will have a deeper and fuller connection with God. There's another part of it. And that is one of the great things that God does through our church is life groups. If you want to have a deeper and fuller connection with God, you would take our life group catalog and you would say, I'm going to select a life group that will help me in that. Now, no offense to those who are doing, for instance, let's say Financial Peace University. Great life group. By the way, if your goal is to get in charge of your finances and to be in a better shape financially, you should be taking Financial Peace University. For those of you who are struggling in your marriage, you should take something like sacred marriage. For those of you who are struggling with something that's going on deep inside you and you've been wounded and and hurt, you should take life's healing choices. But if your goal is to have a deeper and fuller connection with God, maybe you should sign up for a life group called Taste and See. Because it's meeting God through His promises. Now you're starting to take your plan and flesh it out and aimed all in one direction. Or maybe you should take the life you've always wanted because it talks about how to develop a personal connection with Christ. See, you're putting together a plan. A third part of your plan would be, you know, I know that God wants to walk with me every single day. I'm going to develop a daily plan of walking with God. And you begin to flesh out this plan. And I'm telling you, good plans plus hard work, where does it end up? Lead to what? Prosperity. You get to your target. You're not just trying harder. And you end up with a life that's bigger and better than the one you now have. Let me apply that to one other thing before we get to the application points. Let's just say that your goal this year is to stop smoking. That would be a good health-related goal, don't you think? Yeah, sure. I'm not, as Pastor Kevin said the other day, I'm not here to tell you that if you smoke, you're going to hell. I believe the rest of that was, I think he said, you just smell like you've been there and back, all right? Yeah. No, no offense, all right. Yeah, good laugh. A great goal for your family, for your spouse, for, for your kids, is that you would quit smoking. Well, how are you going to do that? Are you just going to try harder? No, let me give you three things that you can do that will help you. This is a plan, okay? Number one, choose a method, okay? And, and, and a method for some of you is going to be wearing the patch, for some of you, it's going to be go down, going down and getting those electronic cigarettes or going to your doctor and get a, getting a prescription. For some of you, maybe God's just given you the ability to quit cold turkey. But whatever it is, you have to come up with a plan. But it's going to take more than just that. Because if you're going to be successful at it, most of you are going to need a support group. You're going to need a group of people that you ask to pray for you, that you ask to hold you accountable, and that you ask somehow to take that journey with you. And by the way, if you can find somebody else that's quitting smoking and you can, and you can make them part of your support network, that's a great thing. 
But I want to give you a third part of the plan that's really important. Okay? Choose the right time to start. Don't start it on your anniversary weekend. No one wants to be married to a crab. Right? Choose the right weekend to start. All those things go into a plan because good planning, not just planning, good planning plus hard work, hard work, anything you do that's worthwhile is going to require hard work leads to prosperity. So how can you and I apply this in our lives? If you would take out your, from your program, if you would take out the long skinny card, which is, has a couple of things on it. On the front side, it has a place for you to put your contact information. And uh, for those of you who are brand new to New Life, if you would take just a moment and fill out the entire contact information box, we, we really want to help you get connected with God, and it begins with us being able to get connected to you. So if you'll trust us with your contact information, we're not going to give it to anybody else, sell it to anybody else, or send you junk mail. We won't do that. But it does give us a place to get started with you. For the rest of you, if you will just put your name down there, if you've already given us your contact information, then um, that's all we need. But on the back side, it, in the middle where it says... Um, I want to apply today's teaching by. There are three options. And the first option is, almost always, one of those options is, I'm choosing to become a Christian today. Because I can tell you that this is not about self-help. Yes, you could go down and get information on setting goals and, 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 and making good plans for your life. You could get it at your local bookstore. But it will be lacking, completely lacking, the God dimension to it. And God is the only one who can actually supersize your life. And it begins by you deciding to become a follower of Christ. And if you've never made that decision, I want to encourage you to make it today. Don't let the train pass you by. Get on board so that God can begin to supersize your life and to do something in you you could never do on your own. And I'll lead us in a prayer about that in a minute. Then secondly... Uh, if, you, if, if God's calling you to do this, and I'm, and I'm encouraging you, you to do it, don't set 17 goals in your life for this coming year. You'll get discouraged and quit. If you've never set goals in your life, okay, you can pull up websites and they'll tell you to set goals in seven basic areas. And I'm not against that. That's actually a good thing. But the problem is if you've never set goals and you set seven in one year, I think you're probably going to struggle with that. So just start with two. Pick two of the most important things in your life and set goals in those two and to take the time to put a plan together for those and live out that plan with hard work during this year and see how much better your life can be. And then if you want some help and you want some additional information, uh, I'm going to send you some links. So if you click, um, if you check the third little circle there, uh, you'll get an email from me this week and it'll have several links that will help you with godly goal setting and, and uh, things that you can do in your life. Now would you pray with me as we do our business with God. Father, I pray for my friends. There's a lot of material to digest here, but it's really simple. God, would you give them grace to set good plans for 2013 so that what you do in their lives and what they end up doing through good planning and hard work, directed by you, strengthened and empowered by you, would enable them to more fully take a hold of the life you have for them. 
Would you give them instruction on individual instruction about specific areas that you want them to lay down plans for in 2013 and show them the specific components you want put into those plans. And then, Lord, for those who've never accepted you, but this morning is the morning. Lord, would you help them to feel it in their heart right now and to know it? And would you give them strength and power and grace uh, to respond to that and to check that box so that they could get on board with you and they could become a follower of Christ and begin to feel how you can transform their life. For you are able. We're just saying that. You're on our side. You're doing great things. God, would you do it for them as well? I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.